Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. We're talking about how to get your puppy to be quiet, to stop them from whining and carrying on and barking and and just trying to get your attention in an unproductive and annoying way. If you don't know who I am, my name is Michael Aceta. Nice to meet you. Thank you for being here. I'm the founder of Matador Canine Brilliance, the author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, and the host of the Acknowledged Dogs podcast. What we're going to do today is discuss three different ways, three key points that you must consider when trying to get your dog to stop whining and crying. Now, if your puppy or dog has other behavior problems, make sure you take advantage of the free PDF guide in the description below. Download it. It's a short little PDF guide on how to end problem behaviors without resorting to punishment. Resolving complicated bad habits without using punishment. That's the title of the PDF. You can click that right below. So first thing we need to consider is what is our dog looking for? Why are they whining? Why are they barking in the first place? Well, Biologically, dogs only bark, cry, or whine trying to get assistance from something. Now, barking has a a little bit more nuance to it, but when our dog is whining or crying, it's because they want assistance. That's how they ask their mother. That's how they ask their father. That's how they ask their, their litter mates. That's how they ask for assistance before they learn other behavioral communication. They're hungry. They're tired. They're trapped, right? Whatever it is, they're asking for assistance by crying and whining. Once you understand that, you can then try to figure out, well, how can I help them, right? If they're stuck in a playpen and they're crying because they want to get out, okay, well, could I let them out? Sure. But what would I be doing? Rewarding the crying and whining. This is where the old adage or the old advice of never give in to your dog. Let them cry it out. Let them whine, right? And I did this with my first dog. My parents did this with me, and I thought it was the right thing to do. So my first dog, she did not like the crate. And she especially didn't like it at night. She had no problem during the day, but that's where she was going to sleep at night. This was the first time my house had ever had a dog, and we were still trying to figure everything out. So we had her in the crate. This was a number of years ago. We had her in the crate at night, and she would cry, and she would whine. Now, what my parents did with me when I was a kid, and what we eventually did with my dog, was we waited three nights. She was just going to sleep in the crate uninterrupted. Nobody was going to let her out. And in three to four nights they would stop. That's what I did. That's what my siblings did. And that's eventually what my dog did. She would stop barking and crying at some point during the night. And then over the three nights, she kind of got used to it. She was like, okay, fine. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cry in the crate anymore because it's not working. It doesn't get rewarded. This is what we call extinction. When a behavior no longer gets rewarded, we coin extinction. It's going extinct because it's not getting rewarded. So if you're going to wait that out, if you're going to let your dog cry and whine, the first option is to kind of let it go through extinction. Just stop rewarding it. Is this the best option? No, but it's the first option. I usually don't tell people to do this. I used to. It was the the advice I used to give, and I've learned since then that it's not going to help many people, and I'll tell you why. If you do not go through the whole process, let's say on the day two, I was fed up of listening to my dog cry, and I gave in. I let them out of the crate. 
Not only did I not solve the problem, I've actually made it worse. Because my dog now knows that two days is all they have to do. They have to push through for two days and they can get rewarded. It gives them this sense of hope that the next time, let's say I tried again, right? A week went by and I said, you know what? I'm really sick and tired of this crying and whining thing. Let me hunker down again and try to do the extinction again. So I put him in the crate. Day one, I'm good. Day two, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm staying strong this time. I'm like, nope. You know, Michael said I got to do three to four days. I'm going to hunker down and do it again. They go past three days. They go past four days. They go past five days. They go past six days. What's happening? They have this sense of hope, and they're going to keep pushing until they get to a new breaking point, which is where they give up. Once you reward that amount of time randomly, they don't know, right? It was two days. It could have been three days. It could have been four days. At some point, they got rewarded for waiting long enough, for crying long enough, for asking for assistance long enough. At some point, they got rewarded, and now they have this sense of hope. They're like, oh. All I got to do is wait. It's just like your favorite movie. The protagonist, the hero, seems to lose all hope, but they still have they have this tiny little hope. And we get it right right when you're, everyone's about to give up. Something comes in and saves everybody, which teaches us that there's always something to do. There's always another avenue to try. And that's why movies do a wonderful job at it. They get us right to the point where everyone's about to give up or go through the extinction period of whatever it was, right? We all get to that one point, and right before we give up, they give us a thing of hope, and it's all good. That's what your dog is doing when we wait for them to give up on the behavior. We wait for them to go all the way through, and then we don't teach them to do anything else. We're just like, okay, awesome. You stopped crying and whining. Now, the other problem with waiting like this is it takes a really long time. You have no control over the process. You're just waiting, and it could become worse. It could always become worse. So if your dog was in a crate and you're going to wait for them to calm down in the crate and relax, and they never do, you are, again, waiting and waiting and waiting. Now, if you leave the room and you're like, okay, I can't listen to this. I'm going to put some headphones on. And you're not listening, and they're crying and whining, it might escalate. This is called an extinction burst. Before they give up, they give this final push, this effort, this massive energy into whatever they're doing to try to see if that next level will produce a result. If that next level doesn't produce a result, they will eventually give up. But in many cases, that next level would. With dogs with separation anxiety and they're in the crate, they whine and cry and they try to get your attention. If that doesn't work, they break the crate. They break the crate. They could cause injury to themselves. They cause damage to property. Terrible, terrible thing. So I do not recommend this for anyone. If you're trying to get your dog to cry and whine, and you're trying to get them to stop, rather, you don't want to make them cry and whine, but if you want them to stop, you have to do the next two things. First one is an option. And if you really want to go that option, that's how you would do it. You just wait them out. But you have no control over it. It could possibly get worse, and you have no opportunity to teach them the good thing. Now, the second thing you should consider is can I teach them something else? We already know that the crying and the whining is because they want assistance with something. So could I teach them to let me know they need assistance without the crying and whining? Right? Could, could, what could I teach them to do? They got to go to the bathroom. Could I teach them to ring a bell? Could I teach them to paw at something? Could I teach them to communicate me with me, not at me, with me, communicate with me in a new and constructive way? This is where shaping and teaching them a lot of skills 
has a lot of benefits. The more creative your dog is and the more they know how to communicate with you by doing simple behaviors like pawing at things, like brushing up against you, looking at you in the eye and then going to the back door and then coming back and looking at you again, right? All of those things are ways that they can communicate to us and they don't know them naturally. But if we teach them, if we set forth a training plan and go through our process of teaching them, it becomes way easier for them to do those things because they get a faster result. So if you combine that with the first one, well, I'm never going to reward the crying and the whining. I'm going to wait them out. But I also teach them what I want them to do. Now they go, okay, I'm going to much, much quicker. They'll give up on the crying and whining much quicker in favor of this new skill and communication device because it gets a reward so much faster. Dogs are opportunists. They want to get the reward quickly. They don't want to work for it forever and ever and ever. We can teach them to work for it by, forever and ever, either accidentally or intentionally, right? So when you have a dog that's crying, when you have a dog that is crying and whining, don't just think, I have to wait them out. I have to, you know, I have to stress them out by waiting and I'll reward them when they're done. That's going to do you no good. Teach them how to communicate with you effectively. Now, if your dog is crying or whining, you can address it immediately. What does this do? This teaches them that if they cry and whine and get your attention, yes, they will get some form of reward. That is your attention. That is the help, whatever it is. But it stops them from practicing a prolonged version of the behavior. Only do this if you intend on teaching them a different skill in replace of it. What do I mean? If my dog is in the crate and starts crying and whining, I will immediately open the crate and let them out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why would I do that? Trainers that are listening to this and people who have trained dogs before are like, oh my God, why would you do that? You rewarded it. I absolutely did intentionally because I rewarded the shortest possible version I could of that crying and whining. If I didn't, if I didn't, and I waited five minutes and then I was like, okay, you know, they're, they're clearly not quieting down. Let me try to, let me change my training plan. And then I opened it up. I would have rewarded five minutes as opposed to 30 seconds. Why would I do that? The timing, the timing is critical. I do this with my son all the time. He's a two-year-old boy, okay, and he wants to play. He wants to do stuff. Now, I know that if he asks to play with me, and he goes, Daddy, toys, he'll ask. He'll, he's going to ask multiple times, and every time he asks, it's going to escalate. So he might start throwing toys. He might start pulling me over. He might start doing all of these things to get more and more attention because he doesn't have mine yet. He doesn't have my attention yet, so he has to grab it in one way or another, and he's wonderful at it. So what I need to recognize is the second he asks me, I have to re-engage with him. Now, I can teach him to ask politely, which is what we've been working on. Again, he's only two years old. But if I teach him to ask politely to come over and start waiting, say, hey, daddy, can we play? And now he waits. And then I respond with him. Wonderful. I've taught him now the better form of communication. And I've stopped him from practicing the bad habits. Right? If he came over and asked to play with me, and I don't play with him right away. And then he starts chucking toys at me. And I go, hey, okay, fine. We'll play, we'll play, we'll play. I've given in to this higher level of behavior, which means the next time he wants to play, he's just going to chuck toys at me. That's not what I want. I want to teach you to be calm and relaxed. So the behavior is going to get worse. And you know it's going to get worse. Reward it as fast as possibly you can. And then switch it. Right? Don't just give up on training the new things. And be like, oh, well, I solved it because I rewarded it right away. No, no, no. 
reward it right away so that they don't practice the bad behavior and then move on and, and get them thinking about the new thing. Now, the third thing that you can do, and this does take time, and I do not recommend this for many people, teach your dog a quiet command. Why would I do this? Dogs that incessantly bark, cry, whine, carry on, probably have an underlining issue. Sometimes we can't address those issues because our dogs are too wound up. This is why a lot of people use corrections, right? They correct the dog and now they can address the issue. Really what you did is suppressed the behavior and eliminated it, right? You suppressed it and then you can teach these new things. Some dogs aren't open to it after they've been suppressed, so you're actually wasting time. And then the other case, you've simply interrupted them and now you can teach them the things that you could have taught them previously if they didn't get to the point where they needed to cry and whine. Getting off my soapbox. So you can teach them a quiet command. This means if they're crying and whining, first thing you do is mark and give them a treat. I know. We just marked and rewarded from the crying and whining. Mark, give them a treat. Mark, give them a treat. Mark, give them a treat. What they're going to start doing is going, ooh, there's, there's opportunity for food here. So they might actually quiet down on their own, which would be great. Now we can mark and reward for them being quiet. Oh, so easy. Now you could teach them to cry and whine on command. This is where stimulus control comes in. And this is why I don't re uh, recommend it to many people. The level of complexity and timing and skill required to have really good stimulus control is difficult. If you do it correctly, it's fantastic, but it is very difficult to do. There's a very simple pattern, but can very easily become way more complex and, and very confusing and, and all over the place. So I'm not going to go over stimulus control right now, but what you do need to understand is if you want your dog to be quiet, add in the word before you mark and treat, add in the word, they'll get distracted for a second. So you're positively interrupting them. Then mark and reward for them pausing for a second. Then you could say whine because you know they're going to go back to whining, or you could say quiet, treat, quiet, click, treat, quiet, click, treat over and over. They start to get the rhythm. Oh, when I hear the word quiet, I should pause for a second and maybe I'll hear a click. Oh, I heard the click. Now let me get the treat. And then we can build duration on that. So I say quiet. Nothing happens. They pause. They're waiting. They're looking at me. They're being quiet. Good. Click. Treat. They slowly build that up. So anytime they do cry, you can stop them right away by saying quiet, then rewarding and marking for that. The only problem with this is your dog will cry and whine. Sometimes in order to hear the word quiet, in order to stop and get rewarded. So they'll do the bad thing in order to do the good thing in order to get the treat. The other problem is it only works if you're there. They don't learn how to calm themselves down. They don't learn how to stop and be relaxed and calm if you're not there telling them to quiet. Right? So there's some good, there's some bad. My favorite is teaching them to communicate with you in a different way. And that'll happen the more you train your dog. The more you work with them, the easier it is for them to communicate. It's just, that's what happens. So train more with your dog. Teach them to serve you in life so that you're not constantly figuring out what's going on. Teach them to communicate with you, to serve you, to tell you what they have to do, like, do and need. Right? My dogs bring their water bowls over to me when they're thirsty. Great. I don't have to now focus on that. They can focus on it. Yes, I give them water all the time. But my point is, if they drank all of it and they're still thirsty, they can bring the bowl over. They couldn't do that if I didn't teach them a retreat. Or if I didn't get them used to the water bowl. See what I mean? So you have to build on all of this. So what were the three things? Do you remember them? Do you remember them? Number one, stop rewarding the crying and the whining. If you can wait them out, fine. Go for it. 
If you don't want to wait them out, move into step two, which is see if you can teach them to do something else. Reward them immediately so that they don't build this bad behavior. Reward them at that low level. Keep it there so then we can bring it lower. Right? If it's all the way up to the moon, we got to bring it down to the atmosphere and then onto Earth. If it's in the atmosphere, it's much easier to get back to Earth. And number three is teach them a quiet command. Teach them to be quiet. When you say the word, they stop what they're doing. They're nice and relaxed and focused. And then you can give them a treat. Thank you guys for listening to today's ep- to today's <laughs> to today's episode. Again, take advantage of that free PDF down below. Resolving complicated bad habits without having to use any punishment. It's unnecessary. It's not needed. And it's probably going to do more harm than good. So learn how to do it using positive reinforcement. Again, take advantage of that PDF down below. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.